through the... From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I am Malcolm White, here with my good buddy, Carol Puckett. Today we talk about tamales. Tamales are a food that have been around since early civilization. They travel from Mexico and South America all the way down into the deep roots of the Mississippi Delta. Today we're going to explore the hot tamale roots, talk with Robert and Patricia Mosley of Tony's Tamales, and they are now found in grocery stores and they've been in Howland Mouse for 35 years. I got my own weather forecast. What's the weather, Mama? Cold today and hot tamale. Let us know what your favorite hot tamale places are and your favorite recipes. 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome to Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with my good buddy, Carol. Carol Puckett, how are you this morning? I am just fine, Mal. How are you? Excellent. Most excellent. And what did you do this weekend? Well, I ate a bunch of hot tamales, and I took my granddaughter swimming. And uh, that's probably enough. Well, I actually made some hot tamales. Tell us about it. The home cook? I made black bean tamales, and um, it was hard. I've never had a need to make tamales before because right. there are plenty of great hot tamales around, including Tony's tamales. Mm-hmm. And from my years in the Delta, uh, I found plenty of tamales. But since we're about home cooking, uh, I thought I would try it out so I could tell the home cook how to uh, go. How to go. Well, it, it's rough. It's okay. it's very time consuming. Uh-huh. It, it was it was enjoyable, but um, I have a lot of tips for home homemakers that we'll okay. we'll share we'll talk in the about fourth that segment. Yeah, in the studio with us also are Patricia and Robert Mosley. Welcome, Patricia and Robert. Thank you. We're Thank glad you. to be here. Now, this couple represents a real uh, uh, Mississippi. Uh, uh, success story. They started out in 1982 out at Five Points with a little hot tamale place, and now they're all over the place. They got Tony's Tamales. Where are you, Patricia? You're all over the state, all over the world. We are all over the state, and we are planning to go all over the world, and wherever you can get a tamale, we plan to have them there. <laughs> and and y'all still have a retail shop uh, on Ocan Road. That's one, right? Yes, we have a retail shop on Old Ken Road, and our number one son just recently opened Tony's Tamales 2 on Old Fanning Road. And those are both in Jackson for our listeners because they're not only statewide, but we have listeners in Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana who like tamales just as well, I'm sure. We also have uh, tamales in Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee, at Whole Foods. They can get them there. There you go. There you go. And Patricia, are these in the fresh or frozen food section? You will get those in the frozen food section. Now, Robert, 
you uh, you name this business after your brother. Your name's not Tony. Your name's right. Robert, and you right. named it after him, right? That's right. And uh, again, this was in 1982. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And y'all were selling a few on the side, but mostly you were selling retail, right? Right. Yeah. And we met at George Street Grocery. That's right. Back in the days, and uh, we were buying tamales and chili and other uh, items. And then later we brought them to Howlin' Miles when we opened up there. Right. Been serving them there 35 years. So when did Helen Miles open? 1985. So you guys have been together a long time. Long time. Well, thanks to Helen Mel. I think we, Helen Mel put us on the map because a whole lot of people were going to Helen Mel's. And through Helen Mel, that's where a lot of customers found out about Tony's Tamales. And you sell them to a lot of restaurants today because you've got a real big... A uh, highly successful commercial operation based in Bentonia, which is one of the blues capitals of the state. It has its own blues style. All you got to do is drive down 49 uh-huh. at uh, Four Way in Bentonia. Just as you get into the town of Bentonia, let your windows down and you will smell tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sure way to find Tony's in Bentonia. So y'all been making these tamales for since 82. Now, the recipe, I think you told me one time, Robert, that you actually got from somebody in Greenville, because you grew up in Greenville, right? That's right. I got it from a friend uh, that was making tamales in Greenville, and we uh, tweaked his recipe, hmm. took away and added until we got what we serving now. Now, do you serve a hot and a mild or just a hot and t- mild? Both and the black bean. That's right. Which is fabulous. And that's what you made, Carol, right? The black that's bean? That's what I made. It was um, for two reasons. One is Robert St. John would say it's because they're good. <laughs> they are good. And secondly, it was easy to make. Uh, I didn't really have time to cook down pork or beef or turkey. Mm. And for the record, Tony's Tamales uses turkey for their meat right we do and some people use pork some people use beef but y'all have always as far as i know used turkey meat we started out with beef with beef oh did you and later on um earlier in the business we we changed over to turkey unless you tell people they would never know that they are turkey but we sell them in the store and we always it's listed that they are turkey tamales they taste just the same as as well as the beef does if not better if not better and they're very much better for you and with the emphasis on vegetarian food today is the black bean tamale even more popular the black bean tamale to me is awesome uh, could be because you have so many people that don't even eat beef. So the black bean tamales are just taking off. And you've already fussed at me for trying to make black bean tamales <laughs> with refried beans, and I, I won't try it again. I, I'm going to get Tony's black bean tamales. Well, normally I wouldn't do it, but uh, since you told me how you made them, Carol, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you my recipe. So you can... <laughs> there you go. That's sure. Now, Carol... Java tells me that we're in here talking about something that a lot of people don't even know what it is. Well, I don't, I don't, is. Well, I don't want to put it on. This is Java here in the booth, uh, Carol and everybody. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to put it on everybody because I'm, I'm, I'm not as adventurous with my food choices as I should be, even being a Mississippi guy. But what is a tamale? I, 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 un, I honestly do not know. There you go. Let's <laughs> well, start from the beginning. You know, tamales were originally made in uh, in Mexico in Central America many 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 hundreds of years ago right. and the word 
tamale comes from the Spanish word tamal or tamale. Which means to wrap. It means to wrap. And uh, tamales in Central and South America are wrapped in banana leaves and corn husk. And uh, the tamale has a really interesting history in Mississippi. Like a lot of our foodways, it's based on lore. So there are stories, many stories about how hot tamales came to Mississippi. Some say it was from the Mexican-American War in the 1840s. But, you know, the the tale that really has, um, you know, has taken, taken prominence, mm-hmm. and I really believe, is that the Mexican migrant workers in the 20s in the Delta brought the tamale. And they were working in the cotton fields. At that time, there were bumper cotton crops, and they brought brought a lot of Mexican workers into uh-huh. the Delta. And the African-Americans who worked side by side with them saw these really great tamales in the field. And they were mostly eating hard biscuits and mm. salt pork. And they went, ah, <laughs> this is a you know we know about cornmeal, we know about pork, uh-huh. and so it became an African American field food, and most of the tamale businesses in the Delta and around are African American owned. They've adapted it, and it's a big thing. Now, Robert, how do you feel about that story? Well, that's true. That's that's the gospel. That's the gospel. Okay, Patricia, you you hear. Anything different, or do you believe? Are you buying this? Uh, I'll buy it a hundred percent. And you know, besides the the field workers, I also heard that um, they brought in Mexican laborers to help build a levee system. Now, I I don't know that's true. But well, I they heard that. they did. They brought uh, Chinese and they brought Italians. The Italians didn't work out so well on the levees. No, and they uh, did pretty and good they, in the and restaurant. They brought, <laughs> they brought Mexicans. In fact, many of the Sicilian uh, Delta families have tamales in their restaurants too. Yeah, even the Lebanese. Yes, the Delta is a virtual melting pot of cultures of Lebanese, Italian, Mexican, African-American. So, Robert, when you were growing up, what was the first time you encountered a tamale? Were they, everybody had them in their homes? They were on the streets? Where did you find them? We used to get them on on the street called Nelson Street. Yeah. From a guy called... um, Tucker's. Tucker's. Is that close to Doe's? Right, it was right down the street from Dover. Uh-huh. And, and, and was Nelson. it a cart? Was it a tamale cart, or was he it an actual place? He, he was in a building about the size of a phone booth. Okay. <laughs> As many tamale shacks are. Right. And so you could drive up, and he would bring them out to the car. And so my family would get like a dozen tamales, and that was Saturday, Saturday night dish. We would get a dozen tamales, a short Coke. And went home and had a feast. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Now, Patricia, uh, y'all wrap yours in shucks, or wh- what do you wrap in? We wrap in the original, the real corn shucks, uh-huh. the and corn husk. They call them corn shucks, corn, corn husk. Are those hard to get or easy to get? Right now, we get it. They come out. We have to order them all the way from Texas. Oh, okay. So, no, they're not hard to get. Uh, as long as you got the cash to pay for them, you good. They're expensive. Oh, are they? They're yeah. very expensive. Yeah. And that's why a lot of tamale makers have gone to parchment paper. But it's not the same. It's not. 
Most people want it when they ask that. Or do you have them in the corn chucks? That's the first thing they want to know. Not so much about the tamale, but do you have? <laughs> yes, we got them in the corn chucks. So we make sure that we keep plenty of those on hand. Do y'all steam or boil? Well, uh, or is that a trade secret? <laughs> no, because we did, we do steam, but uh-huh. since they are vacuum packed now, mm-hmm. the only thing you have to do is take them, leave them in the pack, and drop them over in boiling water. Because originally we were wrapping them in foil and, and, and steaming them, which we still do steam them, but we have them above the water in the vacuum pack and just let them, yes, they steam. But they are good microwave, too. It depends on how hungry you are and how quick you want them. <laughs> well, one of the hallmarks of Delta tamales has been actually boiling them and setting them down in the water in juice, and I know that there, there are many back. ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's okay, Mel. I was talking to Java. Okay. We're trying to make a master plan. But they, so make, a, they make a sauce out of the water in the bottom of the pan. Mm-hmm. And, Patricia, you'll be happy to know I steamed my tamales last night. All right. I am so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got some tamale love going up in here in Deep South Dining. We're going to take a little break. Come back. We've got Ann on the phone. Ann's calling from Rosedale. We know a little bit about Rosedale being in the Mississippi Delta. If you want to give us a call, tell us your favorite hot tamale restaurant, your favorite hot tamale recipe. Uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. We'll be right back with Patricia and uh, Robert and Carol from Tony's Hot Tamales. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here today. I'm your host. I'm also with my sidekick, Carol Puckett. Carol, how's it going? It's going great anytime you talk about tamales. That's it's going right. great. When you're talking tamales, you know you're having a good day. Also in the studio, Patricia and Robert Mosley from Tony's Hot Tamales. Do you go with hot or just Tony's Tamales? Tony's Tamales. Okay. Why do people? some people say hot tamale and some just say tamale? Because most people like them hot. If you think of tamales, they think of hot tamales. So when even they call in, they want mild tamales. They'll say, I want to order hot tamales. But we always specify, do you want them hot or do you want them mild? Because if you get them hot, you're going to really get them hot. (laughs) Well, another reason for calling them hot tamales was in 1936, Robert Johnson sang his you know, famous song, Hot Tamales and Red Hots. Right. And Red Hots is another nickname mm-hmm. for a hot tamale, right? Did you hear that growing up? No? No. Well, it's in the song. Yeah, and the, the first Robert song. Robert Johnson knew something about it. Yeah, the first song was actually written in 1928. Um, and, you know, I think that was because the tamale man was would sing as he went through the neighborhoods. Right. He'd say hot tamales and red hots, get them while you can, something like this. Right? Yeah, that that was, uh, what was his name? Oh, Reverend Moses Mason, and hmm. he recorded a Molly Man. So uh-huh. he was talking about the street vendors. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we're going to the phones. We have Ann Martin on the phone, and uh, it's from Rosedale, and she's written a book about hot tamales. And I've read your book, Ann. Thank you, Carol. I know you have. Good to hear both of you this morning. Thank oh, you. Yeah, thank you. What's cooking? Hot tamales, always. <laughs> well, what did you learn? Tonight. What did you learn when you wrote your book? Um, that there are so many talented hot tamale makers 
in the state of Mississippi, but primarily here in the Mississippi Delta. And you grow up thinking there's one or two hot tamale makers out there. They're everywhere, and everybody's so protective of those recipes, and they don't want to share them. Everybody's got that one little thing they do different. And that's what really, I mean, I had already begun to learn this when we started the Hot Tamale Festival in 2012, but when I wrote the book, there's just so many home cooks that love to make hot tamales, and they're all good. But tell us a little bit more about the Hot Tamale Festival. Uh, that grew out of a group of friends that used to get together on the weekends. And what did we do? We drank and ate. And we always talked about hot tamales and how hot tamales were the Delta's food. And why wasn't there a hot tamale day? Why wasn't there something to pay homage to this wonderful food that we all love and you know we sat around and said we should have a festival we should have a festival so one weekend we decided uh instead of doing our normal cooking to uh have different people bring a different brand or variety of hot tamale and we had a little blind judging and we had so much fun we had uh, some folks bring their guitars and harmonicas we had music and it was out of that that we decided well i guess we need to have a festival now so in 2012 we have the very first Delta Hot Tamale Festival, and it's still going strong and getting bigger and bigger every year. And every year, there are more people entering the Hot Tamale Cooking Contest that you had no idea knew how to make tamales. And they're coming not just from the state of Mississippi, but from Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, uh, from all over the South, and folks are making tamales. So this food that, that we love so much in, in our state is finding its way into other places, which I absolutely love, because it's a great, it's a fun food. It's a really fun food. And uh, I wanted to, to ask you, actually, one of my very favorite hot tamale places, besides Tony's, of course, uh, is in Rosedale, is White Front Cafe. Yes, it's one of my favorites. I have about 10 places that are my favorites. I don't have a favorite anymore, uh, because they're all so good. But Joe's White Front, has been here, um, Joe Pope actually got into the hot tamale business in the late 1930s, early 1940s, got his recipe from a Mr. Hooks, who was making them in 1930. And Joe Pope got the recipe from him and opened up a little tamale shack, and his place was a place to hang out. Uh, at the end of the day, at night, when you had... The, the white clubs and the and the black juke joints, the blacks would come to his place of business and hang out. It was a safe place to hang out, and it was air-conditioned. Later in life, it was air-conditioned. His, his sister recently told me that, you know, that's one reason folks would come to his place. But they just, they loved coming there, having a beer, having a Coke, and eating hot tamales. And one of my favorite stories about Joe Pope is when his sister Barbara, who now runs the place, came home to help take care of their mother who was ill, and Joe himself became ill and ended up in the hospital. And it was literally on Joe's deathbed. He looked at his sister Barbara and said, do you have the recipe? He never wrote it down. And she said no. So from his hospital bed, he told her the recipe. And Barbara told me she still didn't write it down, but thank goodness another sister sitting there got it. She got it all down. And they're still making Joe's hot tamales to this day. She tweaked the recipe very little, but she is still open Tuesday through Saturday, 
And that's all she sells is hot tamales and a little bit of candy. But she is, and, and, and let's not, and Carolyn, you may know this if it's different. I think she is still the only food establishment that is on the Blues Trail because, as y'all said earlier, Robert Johnson sang about them and, and Joe's White Front. Yeah, the, the markers trail. actually in front of White Front. Thank you so much, Anne. And uh, that reminded me of a question I want to ask Robert and Patricia about venison tamales. Do you make? Do you process meat for hunters at your place? They bring the meat in uh, already ground up and put the the beef fat in it, and we make them from there. And that is a very large market. Um, we have not only just individuals bringing in, bringing them in, but during the venison season, we have the processors that uh, bring. You would be um, surprised at the number of customers that are bringing those in to have the venison tamales made. Well, we eat a lot of venison tamales uh, at my boyfriend's place out in Edwards, and I checked with the processor, and when I went back, I found they were made at Tony's. <laughs> that reminds me of a story one time the Claren Ledger used to have a food writer and went by the uh, pen name of Epicurious, and he was uh, anonymous. But he did a survey of all the best hot tamale places in Jackson, and there were the ten top hot tamales in Jackson, and eight of them were from Tony's Tamales, and y'all finished third. <laughs> that was one amazing weekend. We sitting waiting to get the Clarion Ledger, and to see all of the vendors that were selling hot tamales, and the people that came in, you know, one, two, three on up to ten. And we looked up, and we third. And I said, all of these are our tamales. How can we be third? I know, well, they're all their secret recipes. <laughs> yeah, they were all secret. You can't, tell who, you can't tell on air who who buys Tony's no. tamales. Right, and speaking of recipes, we've got a caller with a hot tamale recipe. Lim is calling from Jackson. What's up? Hey, I'm Al. How y'all doing? We're good. Uh, every year for Thanksgiving, I serve a uh, cornbread dressing made with tamales. Mm. Of course, I used Tony's, and uh, last year I had 24 people come to Thanksgiving. I had vegans, I had vegetarians, I had kosher, I had gluten-free, and that dressing was a big hit with everybody but the vegan. The vegetarian had two helpings knowing what it was. <laughs> that sounds terrific. So, uh, cornbread dressing made with Tony's hot tamales. Oh, I'd love yeah, to try that. that. You had not tried that oh, yet? Yeah. I would love to try it. Well, it reminds me of tamale pie. Yeah, the tamale pie that we used to make. That uh, We'd take three hot tamales, cover it with chili, put some cheese, chopped green onions on top, warm it up, and put a few chips on there and call it a tamale pie. In fact, Sambo Monkby, who was a regular customer, the great architect, used to come in. And he called it a gut bomb. And he'd say, fix like a gut it. bomb. <laughs> but we yeah, decided, I, I said, Hal, we're going to put this on the menu, but we're not going to call it a gut bomb. We're going to call it a tamale pie. It's a little more pleasant sounding. Yeah, there's a good tamale pie down in Natchez at Fat Mama's. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a tamale pie. Okay, Lynn, what else you got besides that beautiful recipe for cornbread dressing with tamales? Well, I always heard that uh, Red Hot, when I was growing up, a Red Hot was a uh, casing sausage sandwich. Robert's nodding his head. Yeah. yeah. So a Red Hot was not a tamale. It was a little sandwich. Right. Mm-hmm. They yeah. serve them down at uh, Big Apple Inn. That's I right. Yes. Yeah. Very famous for those, the pig ear and the hots. Don't they call them hots? Hots. Uh, smokes. Yeah. Smokes. Smokes. Sorry. They're delicious, smokes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a, maybe that's a Red Hot. 
Maybe this uh, vendor Maybe this vendor hot tamales and red hot. Red hots. So there you now, go. I think it, it may be from those old magnolia sausages because they had that bright maroon red case. That's right. Yeah. He's right, huh, Robert? He's right. Good. Lynn, thanks for calling in, man. That's great info. And uh, I can't wait to try a uh, cornbread dressing with uh, Tony's tamales. I that's. That's when you it. make it, I'd like to try it, too. Okay, we'll share. <laughs> All right, we got Alicia on the phone calling from uh, northeast Mississippi. Where, what's going on, Alicia? Good morning, everybody. Good, Good morning. morning. So I am such an avid Tony Somali fan, but I'm always in northern Mississippi visiting family. Now, I know you guys sell them at Whole Foods, but do you guys have any future plans on opening up a retail location in northern Mississippi. Is that in the Delta or up towards Memphis? Up toward Memphis. Up towards Memphis. Yeah, sort of the tupelo Corinth area, which is Dilworth's is a famous Yeah, Dilworth's in Corinth is a very famous place. Y'all plan to expand, or are you two retail and one wholesale enough for you? And just, um, yes, that's yeah, enough that's for enough. us. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's unanimous that they will not be expanding anytime soon. Yeah, Patricia's been saying she's ready to get out of the kitchen. <laughs> yes, we are aging every day. Now, in your um, uh, retail shop on, on County Line, you not only serve tamales, you serve gumbo and red beans and rice and chili and lots of other stuff, right? Right. We uh, we also have a tamale pie. You're talking about we call it a chili tamale dinner. Oh, okay. That's okay. Six tamales with chili cheese. You can get onions and jalapenos on it, sour cream, Ooh. all of that if you like. Uh, I just want that is a great seller because all of those flavors. Um, I can't describe it. You can call it a gut buster if you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Patricia, back to Alicia's question. Mm-hmm. Can she find them at Walmart in that area? Or are they at all Walmarts? They, we are only in the Jackson, Mississippi area now. We hadn't hadn't gotten that far. They're as close as far as she, the only way she can get them is through Whole Food, or she can call us and order them, and I'll ship them to her overnight. If uh, that would be better for her. Do you have a phone number that we could yeah, share can, with people? She can call our location on Old Canton Road in Ridgeland. It's six zero one. Eight nine nine eight 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 five. Now, do you have the? Do they have the same menu at Tony Tamales too as they do at the one? Yeah, at, yeah. But, and those are two different sons. Reggie, is that right? Right. Mm-hmm. Reggie runs one, and Robert Junior runs the other one. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Same same recipes, same food, different locations. They they are still in Mama's kitchen, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm st- I, we're we're still doing all the cooking for them. I see. <laughs> Okay. But your son Reggie actually has taken over the wholesale and the retail business, right? That's right. That's right. Reggie is doing a wonderful job. He's taking the business to a whole different level. Uh, I'm not getting old, but his dad is old, <laughs> so I'm just I'm behind him, pushing him now. So he's he's doing good. All right, we're gonna uh, take another break, and uh, we are gonna invite. Uh, Patricia and Robert to stick around unless you got to go. If you got to go, we understand. But if you can hang, please hang. We've got Robert St. John on the phone. We got Edgar on the phone. You guys hold on. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Deep South Dining and Tamales. Yeah, it's 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining, the show all about Southern flavor, all about food, the people who make food, the people that we share the food with. I'm here with Carol Puckett. Also, we have Patricia and Robert Mosley from Tony's Tamales are in the house. We are having a big time talking about hot tamales and red hots. On the phone, we've got the great Robert St. John. We're going to hear from Robert and see what's cooking in Hattiesburg. What's happening, man? Good morning. How are y'all? We're good. <laughs> I just really, uh, I got a little bit to say about hot tamales, and I really just wanted to call and congratulate you two on uh, this show and uh, thank all the fine folks at MPB for putting this together. This is, uh, this is a much-needed uh, format for our state, I believe, and uh, they couldn't have, couldn't have asked two better people to be uh, leading it up, so... Uh, congratulations to y'all. I've, I've, uh, this is the first morning I've actually been able to listen to. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were when y'all were starting. We we were just starting that magical Mississippi tour, right? And I think I was in New Orleans last uh, Monday. But I'm, Monday is the this time of day. I'm usually writing my column on Monday morning, but today I'm procrastinating and I'm maybe ahead just turn y'all on and uh, and then procrastinating some more. I'll <laughs> hey, start writing in a minute. Start. Feel free to write about tamales. Yeah, well, I, and you know. set your dial for our show every Monday morning at nine. And hey, thanks for the audio. We you gave us some great stuff about gumbo and seafood growing up at the Mary Walker Bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that was, a few uh, weeks ago? I was on the coast just the other day thinking about that. I need to head back up the the Pascagoula River here sometime soon. But I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know if y'all heard. My grandmother, my, my maternal grandmother, is from Nashville. And uh, they ended up moving down here after he retired. And they, she used to make something called chili three-way. It's a little like what you're talking about, tamale pie. She would put tamales in the bottom of a bowl, and then she would put spaghetti on top of that and then chili on top of that. So instead of making spaghetti with, you know, some type of meat sauce or gravy or marinara with meat or bolognese, she would use chili, but tamales were the base of that dish. Had y'all ever heard of that? Well, that's a Cincinnati deal. Uh, yeah. If you if you go to Cincinnati, they're going to the serve you three-way, four-way, five-way, six-way. If you go to the uh, Reds game, you're going to get th- this exact spaghetti, chili, hot tamales. That That's a big thing up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, good deals. Well, I was there for, for Thanksgiving this past uh Season, but it was cold, and I didn't. I didn't end up eating anything. But that was a big thing for us when we were kids. You know, my grandmother would make uh, would make that chili three ways. We called it. So what what makes it a four way? What's what you add? To, I think what, it's what toppings. Yeah, I don't remember. But the more things you add to it, the number yeah. of ways they call it. Well, oh. I, I don't think the fourth way made it to Nashville. She, oh. <laughs> she kept three ways down here. Some of my favorite tamales ever, and I'm really not, I don't, I don't make tamales, we don't serve them, although uh, years ago in 87, when we first opened, we we had two restaurants down here in Hattiesburg, Purple Parrot Cafe, which is still here, 
And then next door, we had a little place called Purple Parrot Grill, which was kind of just insurance in case Hattiesburg was going to support fine dining. And that ended up kind of morphing into Crescent City Grill. But that chili three-way dish was on the menu in that original. So it's the only time I've really served tamales. I, I eat them when I'm at your place now. Well, you eat but, them at you eat them but, at my place. You're eating you're eating the ones that were made by Patricia and Robert Mosley. And, and I know that I know that, <laughs> and I love that Epicurious story too. But, True story. Um, we used to have a lady here in town. I think I took you there probably, Mama Alma. Yeah, absolutely. They really good tamales. They were huge. I mean, they were really really big, and she did some pretty creative uh, things with it. A lot of times, I'm not in favor when people kind of take license with some traditional stuff. It's, it's a lot of times, you know, that's a dangerous territory. But she pulled it off and would do some really interesting uh, things with my she's moved back to Mexico now, but it was a it was a, I frequented I mean I was I was there once a week probably. It was a great place, so I miss that. Well you're talking about a tamale in Mexico that's usually made with banana leaves. They're they're big and Large. and square and they even do a sweet tamale. Mm-hmm. All right, Robert, man, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it, and keep up the good work on Palette to Palette and all the other adventures that you guys are involved with. I'd like to tell him one thing, too. Sure. Um, you, you're in Hattiesburg, right? Yes, ma'am. So all you need to do is go to your local Walmart or go to the corner market. You can get Tony's tamales there every day, so you don't have to get them in the banana uh, uh, the which, well, which color banana? Banana leaf. Banana well, leaves anymore. The corner market, which is right, uh, right, right behind my restaurant, owned by my longtime lifelong friend Forrest Roberts. And I'll, yes. go, I'll go get those, and I'll think about y'all. And hey, congratulations, guys! And uh, couldn't couldn't be happier. And, and Mississippi is the better for it. Having you two on there every Monday morning. Thanks a lot, Thanks, my man. Robert. Talk to you soon. Uh, all right, we're going to Edgar on the phone and see what's cooking with Edgar this morning. Good morning. Good morning. I believe this guys? is Edgar from Hollandale. What do you think? Hollandale and Vicksburg. Matter of fact, <laughs> I, you, I couldn't resist calling in because you guys are talking about one of my favorite foods. Both based on my Delta experience and my Vicksburg experience. When I was growing up as, as a kid in Hollandale, we used to get the hot tamales from a cart. Uh, these guys had these huge cans. And they sell hot tamales, and they were in those days. They were like uh, two for a nickel. So it tells you how old I am. Okay? <laughs> well, well, Edgar, that's part of the song: two for a nickel, three for a dime. There you go. I, yeah. I, I, I bought them. They were two for a nickel, and so in addition to the cart, they also people made them in their homes. There's a lady in Hollandale right now. I don't remember her name. Who makes a delicious hot hot tamale? Now, when my family moved to Vicksburg, we discovered Sally's hot tamales. Yes, Sally's is Sally's very well known. Is a, yeah, that's and a good see, tamale. But Sally actually used to sell them out of his home. He also sell them on a cart on the corner of South and Cherry Streets. And he uh, he eventually he passed away. He moved. He he gave the recipe to his family, and uh, they some people opened a. Um, uh, a hot tamale, a Sally's on Washington Street, but that's not Sally's family. Sally's oh, okay. family has okay. a tamale place on 20. That's good to know. That's good to know. So the Sally's original family, is, they're out on 20, not the they're one downtown. On that's on Highway 20. They make that, that delicious tamale. Now, in addition to 
Uh, Tony's Tony's Tamala is whom I love. I mean, I love Tony's Tamala. You guys are great. Uh, Thank you. I, well, I used to get them at Kroger. Why doesn't Kroger sell them anymore? Which Kroger's in Vicksburg? No, here in Jackson. Kroger's are still selling them. Which Kroger's have you gone to? On 55. Well, they probably sold out, so go back and you can get some. <laughs> okay, well, that makes me feel much better, but I just wanted to say that I've had a hot tamale experiences in the Delta, in Vicksburg, and in Jackson, and I love them. Well, thank you, Dr. Edgar Smith, who's one of my good buddies, yeah. and yours, And a Malcolm, listener of Deep and South. And a listener. Dining. Thank you, Edgar. Robert, I saw you nodding your head when Edgar was talking about putting the tamales uh, in the number 10 can. Right. It, was that the old traditional way? That was it. So they take the can. What was in the can before they used it? Did, did the tomato sauce or something, chili sauce, come in the can? I don't know, but they were good and hot when they pulled them out of that can. It used to be the cans. You used to get the molasses. Right. Oh, the molasses the cans. cans. So uh-huh. they would clean those cans out, mm-hmm. and they would stuff those tamales in and put that juice in and close them up, and it would keep them hot. Yeah, it's also coffee cans. Coffee cans, yes. Mm-hmm. Carol, you got that uh, list. We, we found a list on the Internet that, that said these are, they said these are the top tamales in Mississippi. Well, USA Today did a list of the 10 Best hot tamales in Mississippi. And guess who was number one? It had to be Tony's tamales. It was Tony's tamales. <laughs> <laughs> Even people in Washington, D.C. know where to find a good tamale. And I'm happy to see that White Front is on there. Um, Abe's Barbecue, Hicks Tamales, the tamale place in Vicksburg. That's probably what Edgar's talking about. And number three and on number that list. number three is the Tamale Shack. That's right, and I had the great pleasure of being on the coast last week. I was speaking to the Rotary Club, and I went by the tamale shack to talk to these folks because I'd heard they had good tamales, and they had won uh, on this list. But also they have a a secret weapon called shack sauce, and and they make this sauce on the side, and you can buy it and pour it over the tamales. So so I asked them all about this. Can we run that audio? Well, my name is Wayne Rowell. I'm retired military. My son is the chef here, and we work for Wendy. She's the boss. The Tamale Shack is going on six years now, and uh, the owner, female-owned, veteran-owned, family-owned. We've been with uh, the owner for about three and a half, going on four years ourselves. Uh, The recipes are from her grandmother, and uh, her grandmother's from New Orleans. So back in the day, they used to be an old guy that had a cart that made the tamales uh, and down the streets of New Orleans. Well, the grandmother was friends with this individual, and that's how the tamale recipes were formed. Now, they did a poll on USA Today, and we came in top five out of, like, 30 competitors in the state of Mississippi. We, I think we ranked number two or three. I'm not really sure how the final tally came up. But uh, the, the thing that really helps us is the shack sauce. That's the red spicy sauce. We have the mild green sauce and the red shack sauce. Everybody loves the shack sauce. They come in, they buy the jars, they put it on their sandwiches, they put it on their eggs. I mean, they can't get enough of the shack sauce. That is a trade secret. We don't want that getting out. So that's what what keeps us going. But uh, one thing that we're really proud of is the fact that it is female-owned, veteran-owned, and we get a lot of support from the local community. It's not easy being a mom-and-pop operation in today's world with all the bigger corporate restaurants all around you and the casinos down here. But we garner a lot of attention 
from the locals, but also from the military, too. We really support the military. We give them a discount, as well as the first responders, the police officers. So we have a big following, and we're really proud of that. Have you always been in this location? This is it. This is the original. We've tried experimenting, going out, trying to get another operation going, but it just seems like this place fits. And like a good band, if, it, if it's working and you're playing good music, you don't change the members. So that's where we are right now, and we're really proud of where we are. That's the Tamale Shack in Gulfport, Mississippi, just a few yards from the banana uh, import section and, and the great Mississippi Sound, and they do a good job. Yeah, they also won the 2018 Tamale Festival in Greenville. Well, there you go. Tony, y'all, y'all went to the uh, Tamale Festival a few times and competed, right? Yes, we didn't make it to the 18, though. We yeah, made, y'all were a long time ago. Uh-huh. All right, we're going back to the phones. We've got Reginald on the phone from Ridgeland. What's going on, Reginald? How y'all doing? So far, so good. Hey, Reggie. Hey, Mom. Hey, Pop. Oh, okay. This is Reggie. <laughs> hey, son. <laughs> How's it going today, Reggie? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? Real good. We've been talking about you all morning. I, I heard. That's why I had to call in. You had to set the you record to, straight? You had to defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How's but the business? Yes, the business is going good. I just wanted to mention that we are expanding outside of Jackson. We have the Tamales. I heard that she mentioned them there in Corner Market in Hattiesburg and Walmart on 90, uh, 49 in Hattiesburg also. Then we have them in um, Kroger's on Goodman Road. In, um, to, is that Oxford? Tupelo, but they're spanning a lot of different places, and it's hard to keep up with how many places they are now, but they are not, they're just not in Jackson now, they're all over, and if they would like them in their, their town, the city, they could request them. And uh, of, Java says that other places in Olive Branch. Olive Branch, that's right, Olive Branch. He knows all about this. <laughs> so you're telling people to go to their favorite grocery store and demand Tony's Tamales. We want Tony's Tamales. We want Tony's Tamales. All right. Regina, I would remember everything, but you keep me in the kitchen so much, I don't know who all we're selling them to. <laughs> yeah, you don't have enough radio time. It's time to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, you're working your mama too hard. Robert over here, he's just laughing. He's just sitting here grinning, looking at everything. He says he's semi-retired. He, he's retired. <laughs> both, both of them deserve to be retired, but Mama, she would not stop working. Well, she knows what's going on. She holds the key. <laughs> All right, Reggie, thanks for calling in. Good luck with your uh, operation. Uh, again, two locations in Jackson for Tony's Tamales. Big retail operation in Bentonia. Thanks so much for the Mosleys for coming in. We're going to take another break here, and uh, we're going to see what's happening after that. We'll see. I'm Malcolm White. I'm with Carol Puckett. This is Deep South Dining. If you want to call us, 1-877-672-7464, or you can email us to food at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to the last segment of today's show of Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with Carol Puckett. Carol, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, too, Malcolm. And I'm wondering, what do you pair your tamales with? You know, I'm kind of a purist. I like a squeeze of lemon and a saltine. And it's not to say that I won't put chili on there or try some other things. But if I'm going to be just truthful with you, I'm going to squeeze a little lemon on it and eat it with a saltine cracker. Well, I like a Barks root beer mm. and a saltine cracker. That 
that barks, you know, it's a strong taste against the tamale. I love it. I really like fruit. that. They're made in and, Biloxi, you know, Mississippi. Yeah, and some people call eating uh, their style of tamales naked. Naked? Yeah, you ask for a naked tamale. That means a tamale with nothing on it, no sauce, no nothing. Just unwrap it and have it. That's it. And they're pretty portable. That's the reason they became, I guess, a field uh, food. Food. That's right. Field of the food. All right. We got a caller on the phone here from Beaumont, Texas. We got Sue calling. Hello, Sue. How you doing? Well, I'm from Beaumont, Mississippi. Oh, okay. Well, Mississippi, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> What's well, going on? My mother-in-law was from Monterey, Mexico, and I helped her one year make tamales. It was such a time-consuming thing that we only made it. She only made them at Christmas, but she would buy a hog's head and take and simmer that hog's head in a big stock pot until all the meat was ready to fall off, and we'd pick the meat off of hog head. And she would take those corn shucks and clean them and make sure they had no silks or anything and drop them in boiling water until they were soft and easy to handle. And we had to make the masa and then spread the masa on the corn shucks and take that meat mixture and roll it up. They, they would come out, or they were just unctuously rich mm. and delicious and um but as soon as they they, they cut out the pot hot and everybody would start eating them, they were eating up almost immediately. Big so, pot full. She steamed hers. Yeah. So this was a Christmas tradition at your yes, house because it, it was a very time consuming thing. And this was done down in Mexico when you visited, yeah, or San Antonio? San Antonio. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you calling in and sharing your recipe and your memory of a good hot tamale Christmas uh, in San Antonio. And you're living in Beaumont, Mississippi now. Appreciate the call. All right. So, you know, earlier we talked about the Tamale Festival in Greenville, and we want to say that that's in October, right? Yeah. that It's, uh, it's a fall festival. It's a fall festival. Uh, they have music. They elect or select a tamale queen, mm. a little Miss Tamale. And my favorite thing they do is they have a tamale eating contest. Oh, and boy. I want to do a shout-out this morning to Detrick Bolden, who uh. ate 26 tamales in five minutes. Ugh. And I understand that he's uh, he's won the contest for a number of years. Detrick. Detrick Bolden. Can eat some tamales. That's a lot of tamales, Mel. My goodness. I would not want to be involved in a hot tamale eating contest. Not I, with I, Detrick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind cooking them, but I don't think I would want to do speed eating. <laughs> they also have music and a literary mashup that Julia Reed oversees. Uh, yeah, they bring the, in uh, writers from from all over, so mm-hmm. it's quite a very varied festival. And the literary piece goes on at the uh, Bass Center downtown, and then the festival goes on in downtown Greenville, and then they have all sorts of music and vendors. Yeah, weren't and, you a speaker? Yeah, I've year? been on the panel a couple times. It's it's a lot of fun. And what did you talk about? Let's see. I, I talked about uh, music and food. Ah. <laughs> As one might yeah, imagine. A subject that you know uh, a lot about. And speaking of the Greenville Hot Tamale Festival, the city of Greenville uh, has received a trademark as the quote-unquote hot tamale capital of the world from the United States Patent and Trademark Office. So don't try to steal that that name. You just stand up and say, we're the hot tamale capital of the world, and by golly. And don't question us. All right, we've got a caller. Clark is calling in from Laurel, Mississippi. And what's happening, Clark? Hey, enjoying the discussion. Uh, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge tamale 
uh, entrepreneur, but I thought I would mention something. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this lady and her company, but she's from down around uh, the Lakes Fall, somewhere down in that area. Mm-hmm. And years ago, probably uh, back in 2000, 1999, 2000, something like that, she used to pedal tamales out of the back of her car in Hattiesburg. And um, then I transferred to the coast. And she ended up calling on the office that I worked in in Gulfport. And then uh, after that, I lost track. I moved, moved on state and uh, ended up in Laurel about 10 years ago. Matt, Clark, we appreciate the call. We've run out of time, but we've heard a lot of good conversation and talk about tamales. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. It's made possible by listeners like you, our producers, Java Chapman. And we want to thank Robert and Patricia Mosley from Tony's Tamales. Up next, now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey, then Southern Remedies at 11. We'll see you next Monday at 9 o'clock right here on Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.